back, literary slummers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shelfware. And they're out of sight. You're out of mind. I'm Em. <laughs> and I'm Anna. Solid intro, Em. Thank you. Thank you. That quote is from the front of this book. I don't know what it refers to. <laughs> still, no idea. Can't puzzle it out. <laughs> because the irony of this book is that the Yooks are in everyone's minds. Mm. But then who's the you? Who's Just out of us? sight and who is out of mind? Nobody. Just, like the human race? The Elemist? Because he's not know. here in this book. He's not. Who's he's out not. of sight? Everyone saw you, Jake. I guess maybe it is the Yerks, and it's like they, the Yerks, are out of sight, and you are out of the your human mind. race is out of mind because you don't get to control your body anymore. But that seems like a lot of steps have to be taken for that to make sense to me, yeah. the reader. Yeah, they just keep getting more and more nonsensical. It's <laughs> <So> whatever. <laughs> anyway, we're reading Animorphs number forty-one, The Familiar by K.A. Applegate and is it Ellen? Is? Ellen Giroux. Ellen Giroux? Giroux? Oh. Giroux? Oh. I don't. Yes. I, I feel like we've seen her before. Yeah. Be she's done. She did The Illusion. Mm-hmm. That is the one where Axe is there with the other. Oh, no, okay. wait. No, it's not. Which one is this? Uh, illusion is a Tobias one where... Oh, is it the Tobias torture one? Yeah, it's the one it's where he Tobias turns torture into one. That's right. Yeah, that one was good. Yeah, this one was not. This one was weird. <laughs> Same like level of uh, bleakness. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real strange though. Gotta pull in Ellen for these really sad books, I guess. Yeah. But I yeah. also just didn't follow what was going on in like Same. 50% of this book. Hard same. And I just, I wasn't ready here at book number, what is this? Book number 41 of the Animorph series to like learn a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I just, the setting is new. Everything is too much. <laughs> too lazy. This should have been a Megamorphs. Yes. A hundred percent. This is Megamorphs number five. Mm-hmm. I feel like Ellen came to K.A. and was like, hey, I've got an idea for a Megamorph. What if? And then, like, explain it. And K.A. was like, bitch, Megamorphs are my thing. Step off. <laughs> it, can be, it can be main series and it can be Jake. Like, <laughs> no multiple viewpoints. Um, it's just going to be Jake all the way down. Jake's all the way down. What a, what a horrific thing. <laughs> I... I don't know this. Yeah, this felt really out of place and it didn't really like do anything for Jake. Right. Cause we've already mm-hmm. kind of, he's already kind of come to this reckoning of like, I can't, I can't just be this detached leader. Like I have to be, right. I have to know my people and be nice to them or whatever. It also felt, I mean, we'll get to this when we get to the end of the book, but it felt like just such a huge, like, cop out in terms of the ending yeah um yeah so overall not one of my favorites not one of the worst ones i don't think i i'm not like this isn't alien toilet or human buffalo or the next book in the series oh we'll have to talk about that because i don't think i'm going to be quite as hard against it as you are interesting interesting Mm -hmm. all right we'll see you guys in two weeks for that uh this week though i just Ah, uh, gosh. It was a really weird time to introduce. Book number 41 out of 54. Real weird, real, bleh, real weird time to introduce another all-powerful being. Like yes. the third of them. <laughs> Maybe the fourth, because the droid seems pretty powerful, too. Do we think there is a possibility that this is Cryak? Have we heard Cryak talk before? Yes, we have. Yes, Never we mind. have. Yeah. Jake, Never Jake mind. knows Cryak Because, <laughs> I mean, like, the, the dude who gets... Or, person who gets introduced well not even person the being that gets introduced at the end of this is just a voice that jake hasn't heard before Mm -hmm. and that's all so that's all the information we have about them and apparently they can manipulate time and space i don't know yeah or at least make people dream real crazy dreams was it maybe a whale (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. shamu trying to get out of sea world as we know they are gods Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm all right, let's talk. Let's talk this one and see see how it goes. Let's 
do it. Let's do it. Okay. So it's a Jake POV, and the book opens with the Bandalites in the middle of a really brutal fight. They're having to kill some people. Everyone is super injured, and Jake calls a retreat. Okay, they need to stop doing this opening, though, right? Like, this has been, I think, including next week, it's three books in a row, at least, that are just mid-book or mid-battle book openings. And I'm like, I get it, I do, but Mm -hmm. also it's cheap, right, to be like, oh, there's this crazy battle and you don't even know about it. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There... I don't, I, they're, they're in a warehouse. I didn't, there wasn't really a lot of information about this battle. Marco and Rachel get left behind after Jake orders a retreat. And he's like, they can, they can fend for themselves. We need to get out of here. We need to, we need to sacrifice two to save the whole, whatever. Um, they barely escape. Marco and Rachel are there at the end, but everyone is like real out of sorts. Like Jake is like, oh, Tobias has been real fucked up since that last book that this ghostwriter wrote. And also, <laughs> Cassie is, like, crying again because she had to kill people. Like, okay, stop taking Cassie on battle missions then if that's, really? if that's what it has to come down to. And Jake is like, I can't deal with Cassie right now. Like, she just needs to, she just needs to figure her shit out. I got to go home and take a nap. I'm tired. <laughs> Jake was a bad boyfriend in this book. Certainly and he I was. I did not approve. No, no. And I didn't, it, just all the way through, he makes stupid choices. Even the one at the end. I was like, no, okay, this is the instance in which you would, okay, whatever, whatever. Um, Jake goes home and he eats some pizza. He's already taken a nap. And Tom is like, hey, you seem real suspicious right now. What's going on with you? And Jake kind of like jokes around with him, but he knows that like Tom is watching him. And so Jake's like, whatever, I'll deal with it. He goes to bed. He wakes up and suddenly he is, 10 years older than he was and he's living in New York City on an earth that is completely unlike the one he went to sleep in. Um, a couple of things here. We do get confirmation that Jake is like 15 years old. So somewhere two years has passed since the children became worse. I don't know if we for sure get confirmation he's 15 because he says at least 10 years older than me. So well, because Cassie and Tobias both say that was 10 years ago. Exactly. Oh, okay. So, I yeah. was going to say, because I was trying to figure out the math on it, too. I was like, okay, so he's, he's, does he ever say, like, does anybody else ever say he's 25? Because he says he thinks he's about 25. He says it twice. He says he's a little older than college age. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't know. I feel like it could be anywhere from 23 to 25 in there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He he does it. He says it twice after like he says, "Oh, 10 years must have passed. I must be 25." And then like later when Cassie is like, "That was exactly 25 10 years ago when we thought you died or whatever." And he's like, "Wow, I I am 25." <laughs> so, I don't know. Um he also I just I don't buy that that much time has passed also. Like I mean, we didn't actually know that they were 13 to start. We were just guessing. I think they do start in middle school. I don't know. Yeah, I think they start in middle school, but they could be. They could have been like, well, 13 would be the oldest for middle school, I feel like. Right. And also, I think that the thing is that this is the problem with a lot of these later Animorphs book is that the continuity isn't as strict. So I feel like maybe it's a ghostwriter thing. Like, I don't know. I don't I I feel like everything's all loosey goosey at this point and none of it matters. That is also true. We've almost reached the end and like whatever. (laughs) so um he goes to bed he kind of wanders around this new 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 york city and it's like really run down the years have completely taken over it seems um and he goes he goes to work and he discovers that he has a he had a yerk everyone thinks he's a controller with a yerk in his head um and jake kind of plays along with it goes to work but then on uh, he He's outside all of a sudden. I really didn't follow the event. I did book. not follow. Like, I, there was some sort of dream shenanigans going on, but I didn't understand what they were. It was never explained. It was like. Yeah. Like, the the narrative of this book was just putting him, like like a dream was, like just putting him at the important events. And there was no explanation of how or why he got there. So I guess that I maybe, maybe that's like a stylistic thing. I don't know. Uh, you say stylistic. And, like, we go back to that Tobias book, and that was kind of the same thing where it was, like, hopping through memories, right? Yeah. So it yeah. was, like, 
very woo, whatever sort of like you didn't have to follow his plot structure as much I feel like um so I mean maybe that's just Ellen's thing she's just out here Lucy being being Lucy Goosey and just shooting straight from the hip doesn't care about <laughs> doesn't care about rules like right like having a sensible plot who does <laughs> who 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 wants that who needs that not me that's a lie uh, it was just it was very hard to follow and I still don't really know what happened and I feel like but it also, it didn't matter because it was all it was. It also doesn't matter. Like, it was it was all a dream, but maybe it was time travel, but probably it wasn't. But I don't know. It was like that. Which book was it where they went in the future and they the were The first like, Elemist book with yes. Rachel. The Elemist yeah. was like, look how fucked up Earth is, guys. And that was like the older Rachel was there in mm-hmm. that one. But, but also, wasn't that an alternate timeline from what is being proposed here? Like, the series yeah. of events that would have There's led like to multiverse that? There's, like, I guess. So the I don't morph- even know it. Morphyverse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was wandering around New York City, and all of a sudden, this huge bomb goes off. And everything starts falling down around him. He kind of passes out for a while. And when he wakes up, he meets... Cassie, she is like, she's so jaded and hard now, I guess. Find out she's a controller who is one of the ones that like gets along with the year in their head, or they decide to work together. There's an, the organization they're part of is called the Evolutionist Front, the EF, which is a group of Yerks and their controllers, their hosts, who want to do the thing where they make another species to be their hosts as opposed to like taking over already sentient species cassie's like one of the leaders of this terrorist organization they call it a terrorist organization because like you know the the yerks are in control but i i assume the evolutionist front probably calls themselves the rebels or something was this a reference to the elf i don't know because like <laughs> it's the ef and there's just one more letter, and they also did, like, kind of terroristy things. Let me see. I just remember a lot of, like, because it's, like, it's the, the, like, the top domestic terror threat in the United States in February 2001, as classified by the FBI. And I'm looking, I'm looking it up now, and it was founded in 92 and Mm -hmm. started getting hot at the end of the 90s. And it was originally called the EF. So I feel like this is a reference to the ELF. Yeah, I know. No, I don't know much about this organization at all. I do like they also went by elves because Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's kind of clever. Maybe. Maybe. Because that would be around the time when they were super popular. So it was maybe a nod in that direction. Like, wink, we're we're topical. We're topical in our time travel science fiction. I feel like Ellen was trying to say some shit with this. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know exactly what it is. Don't know which but... way she landed on that. <laughs> I was not alive. No, I was alive. Very you were. Much alive. I was not aware. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I promise I did not come out of the womb as a 32-year-old. Um, so he's hanging out with Cassie. Cassie's like, we all thought you were dead. Um, and Jake's like, nah, here I am, man. I can't remember. Was it Cassie or was it Tobias who kind of revealed that, like, uh, oh, no, it was Tobias. Never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> I feel like there were a couple of revelations that were, like, revealed multiple times. Yeah. Like, the the Tom thing. Like, I feel like three different characters told him about that, and he was shocked by it every time. Each time. I'm like, no, nah, no way. I'm a really good actor. <laughs> Tom couldn't have figured it out. Well, if he was doing this for two years, though, like, I really highly doubt that Jake's family was unaware of his new habits. Like, not the fact that he turned into animals specifically, but maybe, like, he they thought he was into drugs or something. I feel like we're arguing against a stance we've had before, though, where we're like, there's no way this has only been a year. They, they, there's, that would have to be, like, a... a activity a week that's crazy and now we're like there's no way this was two years <laughs> <laughs> who knows they have not changed their mentality has not changed much in those two yeah. years almost like this book series was written for 
a specific age group and did not necessarily care about those mm. kids aging out of the book series because there's always there's always new Animorphs readers. Man, I really wanted to see Rachel, you know, finally like go through her emo phase where she hates mm-hmm. her parents for and the divorce is stupid and her dad does something and she never talks to him for like three years and she wear, only wears black and shops at Hot Topic. I want that. I don't for think I. I don't think I needed that in my life. Actually, <laughs> I want that for Rachel. <laughs> I want her to go through that moody phase. Um, Cassie sees Jake is wearing the same jumpsuit that all of the human controllers seem to be wearing, and uh, she's like, "Cool, I can see that you work for you work in planetary engineering." Um, and I also know that the Yerks are creating a laser to shoot at the moon oh, to turn God. it into a Candrona sun. That way they never have to go to the pools and, like, we don't have to do this silliness with removing the Yerks every three days from our brains or whatever. They're just – it's just always going to be Candrona all the time. But also we find out from Cassie's whole thing that Cassie has, like, a – because Jake is, like – notices that Cassie has a portable Candrona thing. Mm. So it's like, why do you need to shoot the moon? I don't understand. Why doesn't everyone just have a portable Candrona? I don't know. What happens at the new moon? Like, is that going to be an issue? (laughs) What about the tides? (laughs) What about the tides? I just, I I guess I'm like, they already solved it. They have portable Candrona pods now because Cassie is like friends with her year or whatever, because of course she is. Um, special Cassie snowflake Cassie uh so I mean like it just it just seems redundant to shoot the moon I don't it does it does seem like a silly thing to have so you can shoot a laser into the moon and make it a sun and like I understand it's not a sun as in a star but still <laughs> there's just it seems like it seems like you would need to go and maybe they did maybe we just didn't see these parts but it seems like you would need to go to the moon and like build something there that like puts out the yeah. Kendrona rays. You know what I'm realizing? Sh- yeah. I don't, I don't think I understand I Kendrona. I said, yeah. Because um, they have to go every three days and dunk their heads into the pools. Right. Does that mean I, for some reason I always assumed, Oh, they absorb the Kendrona from the water of the pools. Is there, is there like a big old sun inside the York pool? I mean, it's rays, right? So it's like, some sort of light source, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think I pictured it as like they put the like emitter or whatever at the bottom of the pool. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And then like that makes the water yeah, all good like and Candrona-y. Yeah. And if you like do it to the moon, it will do that to the atmosphere. But then also then, like, what's up with those little portable ones? Is that just, like, a spray bottle? Like, is that, like, a little Mr. Fan? Like, what's the deal with that? (laughs) And also, it seems like the Yerks still have to come out of the Mm -hmm. body. Like, that hasn't changed that aspect of it. Yes, yes. So, really. So, I mean, I I guess it's still a little bit easier to just have it, like, pop out the ear. They just just come out. They poke their head out and take a few nibbles and go back in. Maybe they'll eventually get to the point where they're, like, doing, like, body mods where you have, like, a skylight oh in your God, brain. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. So that you can just <laughs> They take out part there. of the skull. They put in a skylight. Like a it's really yeah. cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Cassie is like, Jake, you have to, you have to move the laser that you guys have been working on, you have to move it just a tiny itty bitty tiny bit because even like 0.01% off from the target, this is it's gonna fuck up everything. So you need to do that, and I will have a contact approach you with these details at a later date. And Jake's like, uh, which is Jake's reaction to 95% of this book. <laughs> I mean, I I guess I could maybe do that, but also I don't know me? if I want me? to me. Ooh. Me, Jake. It seems like you think I want to fight the Yerks, yeah. and I just don't know if that's in my personality. That hasn't yeah, been my main Funny. feature in forty some books at all. I've also neglected to mention that we have a new alien race called the Orfs. You can c- 
continue neglecting to mention. Yes. I didn't understand what they were. Um, also, there's they taxons. Big jelly sacks with three legs filled with organs you could see, but But they're punch. fake organs. Fake out organs. Um, you got to punch the non-organ part. <laughs> and that's where the organs are. Surprise. And that's where the secret organs are. <laughs> um, also, the, there's like ORF patrols and taxon patrols out looking for the liberated humans and andalites. Because all the andalites are dead, too. Neglected to mention that. Uh, most of the andalites or controllers are dead. And they basically have these child rearing farms like you'd have a puppy mill but they have a child mill um it's terrible i don't want to get into it it made me sad but (laughs) basically there is a secret underground group of people who are free and um the taxons and ever orfs and everyone are out looking for them and also apparently some of the they have to have like medication to control some of the some of the hosts because the Yerks sometimes lose control of their hosts when they get too feisty or something. Free will, you know, whatever. So taxons chase Cassie and Jake away, and Jake's like, gotta go to work, I guess. I'm an adult. <laughs> don't know what else to do. <laughs> again, I don't understand how they got from, like, point A to point B. It just seemed like, yes. like again, dream situation, but it was very confusing. Yes, because there's no way Jake would understand. First of all, I don't think this boy's ever been to New York City. Or he like, has. He has because he says okay. that he recognized New York City because he went on a class trip there once, which yeah. really threw my San Francisco thing for a loop. I don't because, know. It could have been I mean, a I really guess good it's possible trip. at 13, though. I don't know. Mm. 13 through 15, I guess. But if he's 15, yeah, because I, I went to New York City on a class trip when I was around that age of 15 or 16. I don't remember. But I did live in the middle of the country. Counterpoint, he couldn't have done it after he became an anamorph because we would have heard about it. So That's it had true. to have been pre-anamorph. And I don't know. I don't know. Who's taking elementary school who's students? taking 12-year-olds to, to New York City. Maybe if you live in New Jersey, but certainly not if you live in San Francisco. That's, hmm. I don't know. Right. I think in. Jake Let me was know. confused and he meant family vacation. <laughs> What's the furthest class trip you went on at the youngest time? <laughs> <laughs> Which is further from Kansas City? Disney World or New York City? I don't know. Mine was Cincinnati. Oh. <laughs> we took a trip sad. to Cincinnati because, oh, this is actually sad and loops into this book. We took a trip to Cincinnati. I think, I feel like it was, oh my gosh, was it that early? It would have been. For reference, M went to school in the suburbs in Cincinnati. of Cincinnati. Yes. Um <laughs> Because they originally were going to take us to Washington, D.C., which I was not allowed to go on that trip because my mom didn't want me to go to Washington, D.C. by myself with but the school. Because um, Well, it was we were pretty young is the thing, because I think it happened in 2001 because I think we ended up canceling the trip because of 9-11. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I think, which loops back to this book because it's real awkward when Jake is like, I saw the Twin Towers. Yes. Of, and I, I knew yeah. it was in New York City. And I was like, ooh. Ooh, yikes. 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 This didn't age well a year later. <laughs> Literally not even, like, yeah, like months later. Mm-hmm. So many things. So many so things. Many things. The, the taxons chase Cassie and Jake. Jake goes back to work. I already said that. Jake goes to work, and he tries to figure out how to use computers in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my whole point was that Jake wouldn't know how to get around New York City well enough. That's yeah, why. that's true. It doesn't matter. If he was there as, like, a five-year-old on their kindergarten class trip, whatever, (laughs) would not know how to get around New York City, but he does. He painted a finger paint of the subway map, and it really stuck with him. He memorized it. Yeah. Um, They have these cool computers that you can control with your brain, but because Jake is all stressed out and also doesn't know about this, his screens just are going bonkers. Like, (laughs) they're just flashing every which way. And Jake's coworkers are like, yo, what's up? And Jake's like, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. But then he turns around to talk to them, and they're all the bodies of the dead that he has killed as a bandolite. Didn't understand. Didn't know what was happening here. What? What? Yeah. They were, it was gross. They were all like, Jake, why did you kill us? And Jake was like, I had to. Okay. I did appreciate, though, that there was that one rat from uh, 
David. The David. <laughs> David trilogy. the rat yeah, was there. Jake's like, didn't say it was talk, David, but, but he was I knew just it like, was David. Yeah, they just kept referencing that rat. I was like, oh, that was that child that you fully killed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that you fully condemned to death by be ratting. <laughs> in in the middle of this hallucination, some orfs come and take Jake away. They're like, you need to be interrogated because. There was a that the EF blew up a building and you were gone from work. So, you know, you must be involved. So they go to question him. Guess who is questioning him? It's Marco, who is Visser 2 and the leader of Earth. Don't know what happened to Visser 3. They didn't mention. Yeah, uh, they they did. I thought. Oh, yeah. He's the he's the leader of the Council of 13. He, they did yeah, mention yeah, yeah. him. Yes. He's the new leader of all Yerks. Good for him. Glad Not to see promotion. him rise to such Finally. heights. Do you think, do you think he is very sad about the Bandalites just being children now that he knows as the supreme leader of all Yerkdom? I mean, okay, here's, I guess, my question, because things got very fuzzy towards the end, right? Because there is that. Intentionally so, I think. Yes, because there is that thing with Tom where, like, it, at first someone said that Tom turned jake in right yeah but then there was a thing later on where it was like tom just tom killed, killed him you, man because he didn't want viscer three to find out that they were kids so maybe viscer three never knew that but could then be. also none of it makes sense so yeah and because again it's a dream he, so. if he killed him then he wouldn't exist now yerked or not yerked so i don't yeah. i don't under, i didn't understand what was happening I think in this reality, he would have to be dead for his younger self to take the place of his older self. I think those are the rules I'm making up. But if his younger self took the place of his older self, he would have to have been alive to get to the point where he is older. Like, because the people know him. <laughs> no, like, I think there was a space vacated and they, like, aged up regular Jake and they put him there and they said, okay, and we're going to, like, make the world around you. I don't know, man. It's all a it dream. Didn't, it, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. Marco is like, I know you know something, and I also know you saw Cassie. And Jake was like, how? And he's like, here's Cassie. And Marco <laughs> pulls out Cassie, who has been captured in the 10 minutes since she saw Jake. And she's like, don't tell him anything. And Jake's like, okay. Then he starts to torture Cassie. And he's like, okay, Marco, here's everything. Stop torturing Cassie. <laughs> Marco was like, that was really fucking easy. <laughs> But also, like, Jake doesn't know anything, so it's kind of fine. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they want to like, sabotage you. And Marco's like, oh, this is new information. <laughs> Don't give him any information, Jake. And Marco's like, I'm a herder real bad. Pew, pew. And Jake's like, oh, okay, I'll tell you. They hate you and want you to fail at your project. It's like, well, yes, yeah. clearly. <laughs> but that was good enough for Visser, too. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so then Marco's like, go to work, Jake. Pretend everything is normal. Jake goes back to work and they're having a taco party. <laughs> Jake gets some tacos. <laughs> but then a hork Bajir attacks him. He's like, I'm attacking you to make it look like it's something it isn't. I'm with the EF and I'm not your contact, but I'm giving you the directions to where your contact is. Yeah, so he's I, like, are you my contact? And the hork is like, no, I'm a messenger. And I'm like, that's the same, that's the same thing, thing, bud. <laughs> uh so he's like don't eat your tacos uh jake has to go down to the kitchen and he runs into a rachel who has been completely scarred from just whatever's been going on with her um he jake was led to believe that rachel was killed in action um that they didn't take her down but here she is she has no legs one arm and just a completely scarred body. Um, and Rachel's basically like, well, Jay kind of internalizes this as I did this to Rachel, even though in this universe he was dead before this happened to Rachel. So, mm. you know. But Rachel's like, look at me. Now here are the instructions to uh, meet the head of the resistance. You'll know him when you see him. Spoilers, it's my boyfriend, Tobias. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's like, you have to go to the public library. It's like a block or two away, but go in a really zigzaggy route to take your, your, uh, detail off of your tail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
that is exactly how I meant for that sentence to come out. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Jake is like, okay. He goes outside and is immediately chased by some controllers. So he has to run all around. And as he's running, he falls into a secret hole. Inside the hole is the free humans and Andalites and Lyran and other races. It's like where they've got the kids and, mm-hmm. right, this is this part, right? Yeah, where you where learn about like, the children, yeah. There's, like, the children and, like, all of the children have really on-the-nose names, like Hope and Justice and, and Liberty. Freedom and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. And there's, like, a kid who did some really, like, metaphorical art and Jake was like, wow, I can really see how you've struggled. And the kid's like, why does everyone keep thinking there's meaning in my art? I just draw what I like. Like, it's like okay, okay. But you did literally just, okay, okay, whatever. Also, <laughs> how old was that child supposed to be? I would say, like, real Jake age, but I don't know, man. Right. That's the vibe I got, too, That because his name started with a J also. I think he was Justice. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, real, like, oh, he's going to be just like Jake, right? But if this has been going on for 10 years, he has to be younger than 10. Because this is one of the True. kids that they were breeding in the child breeding True. farms or whatever. Oh, my God. So he was probably like six or seven. Like one of those <laughs> right? per- per- precocious, annoying kids. Yeah. Like I, was like, I feel like they forgot their way. timeline in the in the book that they were writing at the time. It was like they forgot the timeline of the series. And they also just <laughs> forgot the book they were writing and what they had already said. Like, this is fine. <laughs> um. <laughs> He leaves these people. I guess there is a door to get into this place, but supposedly the door won't open for just anyone. And so that's how they know that Jake is like a good guy and is allowed to be there. But they don't say like what the opening mechanism is. Like, is it looking for the pure of heart or for people without years? I don't know. They don't say. Doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> They're staying hidden right underneath Visser 2's nose. Jake leaves them after talking to the kid about his art and he goes to the library, and at the library, he meets what looks like Elfangor, but in actuality, is Tobias, who has stayed in Morph as Axe, because Axe died. Mm-hmm. And he uh, says, oh, isn't Axe so handsome, and also he looks like Elfangor? And I was like, this is all really weird vibes, but okay. <laughs> um, he explains to Jake that brother tom killed him while he was sleeping 10 years ago today which is assumably the same night that we saw at the beginning of this book where tom was all suspicious of jake um and he's like jake we need your help to to destroy the moon instead of letting it become a sun which destroying the moon would destroy planet earth i read a sci-fi book about it once (laughs) The moon explodes, and then the earth, it, like, rains shards of moon down on the earth and destroys the earth, the surface of the earth. It's called Seven Eves. I didn't like it. It's not a good book for me. I think that also, like, I mean, we've already mentioned the tides. It would be bad for the tides, which I think would be bad for everything. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just feel like destroying the moon... It seems like you could just destroy the laser. I don't. Yeah. Like, he was like, oh, they'll just build another. We'll just you could just unplug it. it. Yeah. I don't know why we're <laughs> we're overcomplicating this. I mean, maybe maybe Tobias is like, we should destroy the moon, thereby destroying the planet to end the Yerks. But the, also the Yerks have spaceships. So, like, I don't know. Also, I didn't get that vibe. I thought he like. I really thought like, destroying the moon would just be A-OK. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can't just destroy the moon. <laughs> Jake's like, I can't destroy the moon regardless because they have Cassie. And if I do that, they'll kill Cassie. And Tobias is like, oh, well, she knows what she signed up for. Jake's like, wow, this was really tough stuff. I'm going to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> A real brain tickler, this one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. put my I- best thinking cap on and sit down and have a little think at my desk. I don't know what to do. I don't I don't remember if like he goes back to work or if he's picked up by some controllers or year because I don't remember. I thought it was just dream magic again that it was just like, yeah, back at work. (laughs) Yeah. Like all of a sudden he's there at the laser and everyone is like, Jake, you have to move the laser or else Cassie will die. And Jake is like looking between the laser and Cassie. 
and he decides to save what must be valued above all else. So he chooses to save Cassie over setting the laser off, which, like, okay. The beginning of this book. Does he? He sacrifices two. He sacrifices his cousin and his best friend in order to save the rest of the Bandalites. Um, and they are all 15, and they're fighting this war, and yeah, that really fucking sucks. But when you're presented with this option of Cassie, who is a controller, is not really herself anymore, is a controller, and who has said, like, just let me die for this cause, and, like, presumably saving the whole world, that's different, I feel like. I have like. a counterpoint. <laughs> I don't think he decides to save Cassie. He says what must be valued. Oh, does he wake up before we find out what must be yes. valued above all else? Yes, because this is the cop-out I'm talking about. It says, save what should be valued above all else. I leaped, 0504. Next chapter, interesting choice. Always blackness when I heard the voice, blah, 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 blah. Stuff about uh, humans I totally, I totally just assumed yeah, Jake would choose Cassie. Because uh, I think it works if you assume that he let Cassie die. But mm. it doesn't say either way. So, and then the only thing it says at the end is, I knew now I'd made a choice. I knew what I was made of, my limitations and priorities. And he calls Cassie and asks her, uh, it says, I just wanted to ask you what I should have asked you yesterday. Are you okay? So I think if you assume that he did let Cassie die, but he's like, but I still need to check in with Cassie. Like, like we're in this hard situation and it sucks and it's going to be bad no matter what, but I need to do the right thing and check in and make sure she's okay. Like it kind of works, but I think that you can't be a coward and not say that he let Cassie die or you have to say that he saved Cassie, in which case this book is completely undercuts everything about everything. I, I don't know. I was totally convinced that he saved Cassie. and It literally does not say it anywhere in the last chapter. I was totally convinced. Maybe it's just because I hate them. <laughs> so I was like, Jake, of course, fuck things up again. Uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't, it never clarifies what he picked. It's just like, and I, I, again, I feel like this is ghostwriter stuff where like the ghostwriter doesn't know how the series is going to end. So she's like, he makes a decision that really clarifies what his priorities are. Could be either way, Applegate, whichever way you want to go. I left that open for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so then we do get this loud voice, um, a voice that Jake has never heard before, and basically is like, hmm, humans are weird. We should watch them longer. And Jake's like, weird, okay. And he wakes up, and he's back in his bedroom. Um, I don't know. It's morning, and he immediately calls Cassie. These children do not care about the phone ringing any time of day or night in these other people's houses. They just call all the time. This was before people had cell phones. You had to call the home phone. It's stupid. The phone picks up, and he's like, yo, it's Jake. How, how are you? It's a weird phone call, though, because we never hear – the only thing we hear is hello, and then, like, everything for Jake gets really quiet, and time stops, quote-unquote, and then we only get Jake's dialogue where he says, it's Jake. There's no response, and he repeats, it's Jake. And then Cassie, I just wanted to ask what I should have asked you yesterday. Are you okay? Yeah, because Cassie was pouting because her boyfriend was a dick to her. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could have been her mom or dad. Like, <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't feel bad for – I don't think Jake did a bad thing in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, truly, Cat, they were trying to, to, to flee for their lives. And Cassie was just there crying about the fact that she had killed people again. It's like Cassie, right, we yes. talked about this. We're in the middle of a war. I don't, I don't think that he did the wrong thing in making the call about letting Rachel and Marco die. And I think this book is trying to make the point that he did because they're like, oh, the oh, yeah. fact that he, he did that is what made Tobias turn like into this dick and like Cassie gave up her innocence and all this other stuff. And I'm like, no, that's bullshit. He was trying to make a call. They were in battle. They should know this by now. But I do think if you are in a life or death situation and you get out of the life or death situation and your girlfriend is crying, you cannot just be like, fuck her. She can go home and cry about it. I'm going to go like deal with my own shit. Like you at least need to check in and be like, Hey, I know that was a lot we can talk about like I need to go like you know you need to clarify it like if you can't handle it right then you need to clarify it with them that's that shitty behavior to let someone that you supposedly love 
be in emotional distress and not I mean, say anything to them. Like, Olive lives like, okay, Cassie. They I know you were, hate Cassie. They had literally jumped right out of a window and she starts like cry sobbing, yelling about this, that she killed people and how do I deal with this? And Jake is like trying to quietly push her down the alleyway. And she's like, every day we're more like them, aren't we, Jake? And he just says, no. And then why was she doing this? Why now? We just had one of the closest calls I could remember. Like, fair. Why was she Why was she trying to make this Cassie-centric at a time when it was Marco and Rachel who almost died? Like, Cassie, just stop. We get it. You're sad about death. Then don't go on these missions anymore. You can, you can, you can be support. You could be the one that, like, wraps up their wounds afterwards. But stop then. Stop going on the fighting missions if you can't deal with the outcome of the fighting missions. I have no sympathies for her, and Jake did the okay thing here and waiting until the next day to ask her how she felt about everything. Like, hey, he's got stuff to process too. Got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. Got to put your own air mask on, oxygen mask on before you help others. Like Cassie is not the only one Jake has to be corralling here. Like he's got to get her. Rachel is punching dumpsters down the alleyway. So mad she wants to go back in there. He has to wrangle her too. Marco is screaming at Rachel. Rachel's yelling back at him. Tobias is all depressed because of everything. <laughs> and Axe is an alien who doesn't understand human emotions. So what is what is Jake to do? He's one 15-year-old boy, possibly younger. I think that the crux for me, I get that like it's too much for Jake, whatever. But I think the crux for me is the fact that Jake in his mind knows he's doing the wrong thing. Because he says, she began to cry almost noiselessly. I knew she needed to talk things over. She needs to work through the confusion we all feel after a battle, and she wanted me to help. So he is aware that that is what his partner needs, and Mm -hmm. he then thinks, but I walked away. So, like, it would be one thing if he was, like, not aware that she needed this very specific emotional thing. Or if he had, like, clarified to her, like, at the time, like, I can't, like, I have my own stuff. I need to, like, cope with this right now. But I think that the fact that he's just, like... Yeah, I know that you're in distress and I'm not going to do fuck all about it is the thing that I have a problem with personally. Well, I think Cassie also needs to realize, yeah, he's her boyfriend, but she's also like, he's also their little general. So like, he, she can't, he can't just turn that off at a moment's notice when she needs him to. He has to take care of everybody else. And they're right, right outside of the building they just escaped from, barely with their lives. Cassie can I guess, wait. I guess I just feel like if, they're taking a break to do all this other shit. They were though. They literally jumped out the window and Cassie just starts sobbing. And Jake's like, stop. Yeah, quietly. She starts quiet sobbing soundlessly. It's specifically she can do that all the way home. And Jake can call her once he's turned off his general face. It's fine. Uh, I, I think that he knew he was in the wrong. And uh, I think the book wanted us to feel like he was in the wrong, but like there's no time here immediately after a battle to do this but it wasn't it i think maybe jay could have maybe called sooner maybe he could call when he got home but like homeboy was tired he had to go to bed he had an early he had a bedtime his brother was asking him questions that's the other thing tom is there he can't talk to her all the time i don't know man i just cassie stop know your limitations stop doing things that make you distressed (laughs) done We've had this conversation almost every book, Cassie. I think you should prioritize your girlfriend over your cousin punching a dumpster or whatever. That's all. (laughs) I just, I think maybe Jake is here at the same point that I am. where Jake is like, everyone, we all know our problems. Rachel, you're too angry and bloodthirsty. Marco, you're too mad at Rachel for being angry and bloodthirsty. Cassie, you're too sad to kill people. Tobias, you're too sad in general. I'm going away. <laughs> We're all teenagers. <laughs> but I think that the the issue is is that the book isn't about Jake's frustrations with that. I think it's mm-hmm. about Jake being like it's it's I feel like there could have been a point to be made about kind of what you're saying of like Jake needs to take care of himself and like have like an emotional spa day and whatever after this battle and the book Mm -hmm. could have been something along those lines right of like 
recentering his own wants and desires and whatever. Mm-hmm. But instead it was this weird thing about like, maybe you should save your friends instead of the world, but that doesn't make sense with anything else we've read in this yep. series. So I just don't know what we're supposed to take away from it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no good reading of this quote unquote yeah. problem, this invented problem specifically for this book that really just like skews everything, <laughs> everyone's motivations. Right. And I just don't understand what, why we're introducing, like you said, another like all powerful being at book 41 out of 54. Like it's it doesn't real late in the game. We don't have time for this. We really don't. <laughs> oh, whatever. But that was it. That was the book. Uh, yay. So glad to have read it. Well, mm. who's your most valuable morph, I guess? <laughs> I guess Tobias, because he was kind of cool when he was yeah. like, I'm Elfangor now. That, yeah. was, that was a fun moment. And he's the leader of the EF, and they look like they were getting yeah. things done. Sure. How about you? Also, also probably Tobias. Cassie didn't morph. Like, future Cassie never morphed. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to give it to her. And also you hate Cassie. Also so. hate Cassie. She did blow up a building, though. <laughs> I like future Cassie. I was like, future Cassie, you and I can get along. The future Cassie was all her yerk. Yeah. I liked Cassie's yerk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about most valuable morph, maybe maybe Marco, since now he's Visser too. But I do understand that that's only valuable for the opposition. Right, right. So, like... <laughs> least valuable in many ways uh-huh <laughs> it Axe all just, just depends on how you look straight at it. up died so he was right in the middle Axe is completely useless <laughs> or no he didn't die he got turned into a controller and sent somewhere else didn't he probably i don't remember i think i think that's what they said happened to Axe. like that he got yes they said he was a controller who was like instrumental in taking over the andalite home planet uh, so cool. again mvp of the other side <laughs> <laughs> our vandalites are doing work yeah, it's not you know, once they get that good old year juice going, then they can really focus up. Oh, God. Uh, morbid moment. You got one? Uh, I didn't like the part about the child farm. <laughs> Me too. I that thought that was a bummer. Sad. That was a real bummer, that yeah. part. It was like that Reese's monkey experiment, but they did it oh. with kids, basically to easier control them. Not even because they didn't give them, like, a, a fake monkey to, to cling to. They yeah. were just like, you get nothing, children. You get to exercise. Yeah, you pur- we purposely take all joy away from you so that you are easily manipulated. Hmm. Hmm. Gross. And then, well, the other part that was kind of gross, too, was, like, Jake, when he meets the free children, he's like, wow, it's so great that they aren't, like, traumatized by this. And the the free Andalite that's talking to him is like, oh, yeah, kids bounce back. <laughs> like, not from like, that. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think from <laughs> not, that one. Not from that. No. Huh. No. <laughs> Yike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh serious series hard to do this week because it doesn't have anything to do with the plot mm-hmm. in general. I guess um, some new person is going to pop up. Yeah, some new all-powerful being. Maybe. I Maybe. mean... I feel bet we like, get them in the in the Elemis Chronicles, but maybe nowhere else. Are they gonna? I feel like the thing that they are going to be, and it's going to really annoy me, is that they're like even more powerful than the Elemis. They're like Elemist Elemists, you know. <laughs> I've been in, 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 manipulating the Elemist. Right, right. I'm God, but I am even more removed and distant and scientific than the Elemist is. Like, okay. We get it. I think that's probably what it's going to be, but I'm not going to like it. Um, yeah. Aside from that, I just don't know what it could be because, like, I, it's got to it's gotta outrank the Elemist, I feel like, or else it wouldn't be getting involved with the Elemist cryak bullshit, you know? Yeah. But, like, also, like, what's... Maybe it's another Elemist. Maybe it's just because we've had that discussion before of, like, maybe there are more Elemists. That's true, yeah. Someone who doesn't know about humans at all. He does. Jake does say it sounds like thought speech. So maybe it's like an Andalite Elemist. Mm. I don't know. Like maybe. the Andalite that's fucking with the, or the Elemist that's fucking with the Andalites. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Hard to say. Hmm. Maybe we'll find out one day. 
but it's possibly God. not. <laughs> it can't be God. Whales are God. <laughs> Space God. Space God. Turbo God. <laughs> Super hyper God. Um, all right. That's, I'm done with this one. I, I didn't too. understand I just, it. I'm sick of it. It made me annoyed. Um, let's talk about what's coming up. Let's. Next week, we are going to be returning to, uh, or no, we're not going to be returning. We're going to be starting our new unit on prehistoric novels uh, with Clan of the Cave Bear. And then the week after that, we'll be back with another Animorphs, with Animorphs number 42, The Journey. Interesting. Can't wait to talk about that. What a journey it will be. In the meantime, if you have any thoughts about the Animorphs series that you'd like to share with us, or if you have, or if you have a book you would like us to cover for the podcast, you can tweet at us at ShuffleWareCast or email us ShuffleWareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should because that is where all the cool kids are hanging out on our RSS feed. (laughs) (laughs) If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Cassie, you're talking about a different lifetime, Jake. There were so many missions back then, all just a pitiful blur of youthful idealism. You don't get it, do you? I'm saying that I finally understand war. About time, Cassie. Only took ten years. God. (laughs) Alright, the problem is always... I never remember how to start an episode. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another Morph Monday episode of Animorphs, and they're out of sight, you're out of mind. I'm Em. That was a really good intro, and I didn't want to interrupt, but you said another Morph Monday episode of Animorphs. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Anna, though. <laughs> this is Shelfware. This is Shelfware. You were really good. I didn't, I really. Let me just take it again. I didn't want to ruin the moment. (laughs) Let me just take it again. Welcome back, Literary Summers, to another Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware. It's a, what? No, fuck. (laughs) Hold on. We've cursed it. Just, okay. (laughs) Once more into the breach.